Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Next Level Christianity series, which walks through the book of Philippians, seeing how God wants us to grow to the next level. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, let's go in our Bibles to uh, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 tonight, and um, I'm glad we can have fun in church, glad we can enjoy it, and Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to be, and uh, let's see if we can get this going, here we go. Well, have you ever, uh, you ever ignored a warning sign? I'm sure, I'm sure you have, I probably shouldn't ask, have you ever ignored a warning sign? I probably should ask, how many warning signs have you ignored? Uh, because the truth is that all of us, all of us have probably ignored some warning signs. Uh, I'm not just talking about driving warning signs. I want to give you some warning signs that you and, and maybe you've ignored. I know I've ignored many of these. The first, I've, I've ignored this warning sign. Uh, do not consume raw cookie dough. It's on just about every raw cookie dough package. How many of you love just raw cookie dough? Good. I could eat the entire bucket, the entire package, uh, because it's not, it's not a whole cookie, you know, it's, never mind. Uh, maybe you've, uh, you've ignored that one. You've probably ignored this one, and you don't even know that you've ignored it. On a popcorn bag, it says, do not use the popcorn button on your microwave. And yet, many people probably just press the popcorn button. And, and yet it says, do not use the popcorn button. You're, you're ignoring that. Another one, if you were ever a college student in hurry, especially at Bible college, you probably ignored this warning sign on irons. It says, never iron clothes while they're being worn. And uh, I know <laughs> plenty of guys in college that got burned because they tried to iron a shirt real quick or something like that. You know what? We've all seen warning signs. Maybe it's driving or maybe it's on some sort of a product, and we've ignored them. Uh, we've maybe just driven right past it, a do not enter sign or, uh, you know, road close sign, through traffic only. And, well, I'm through traffic. I need to get through this point. And uh, you know what? We all have those signs and different things that we've ignored. As we come tonight back into our study in Philippians, we've been studying where Paul, he's been challenging believers to continue growing in their relationship with God. Uh, He's been encouraging them, what we've titled the series, Next Level Christianity. Paul's been encouraging the believer to just move on to the next level and understand that as long as you're breathing, that God still has growth for you and God still has steps that he wants each of us to take. And and he, he wants us to understand that while we live, while we live, God desires that we would move closer to him. And tonight as we come back into our study, we're going to see that Paul, he's giving us some warnings. He's giving us some things that we need to be aware of and that we we need to uh, put on our mind and some warnings that need to be listened to. And so tonight, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 3. We're actually going to do the entire chapter, and we're going to look at what we've titled the message tonight, Warnings to be Followed. Normally, we would stand for the reading of the word, but tonight you can stay seated because we're going to actually read the entire chapter. And I want you to follow along as I read. You can follow along on the screen or there in your Bible. Philippians chapter number three. It's a great place, a great portion of scripture. And so let's dive into this and see what Paul wrote. Philippians chapter three and verse number one, Paul writes this. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. 
to write the same things. I don't think rejoice in the Lord is in there, is it? Oh, it is. Uh, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is grievous. But for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, Either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also, or for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be, per- be perfect or complete in Christ, let us be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God, he shall reveal this, reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and and mark them, which walk so as you have us for an ensample or an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things for or because our conversation, our life is, it's in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, what an incredible chapter. What an incredible portion of scripture. But it's in these words that we read tonight that we're going to discover Paul laying out for us, I believe, three, warning to, three warnings for us. 
Three warnings that if we are going to live next level Christianity, if we are going uh, to continue growing in our life, there's three things that we need, to, we need to heed the warning in. And so tonight, as we get into the message, I would invite you, we're going to pray, but before we pray, I want to encourage you, when we go to prayer, just take a second and give God permission to speak to you. Man, no doubt every one of us, we're looking forward to the week. Uh, maybe you're looking off of a, you know, a weekend off and you're thinking about going back to work or whatever the case is. Regardless of whatever's going on in our life, every one of us need God to speak to us tonight. And so I want to encourage you, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take a minute and just in the quietness of your own heart, would you give God permission to speak to you? You can pray something simple of, God, please speak to me tonight. And then make a commitment that as God speaks to you, that you're listening to him and that you'll respond to him. Dear Lord, we just come before you tonight and we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for how you use it to help us and to work in our lives. And Lord, we just come before you and I just want to humble my mind and my heart tonight, God, and I love Philippians chapter 3, and God, I pray that you would just speak into our hearts, that you would help us tonight to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you'd give me the right words, and, and Father, the right movement, just the right thoughts, everything, Lord, that it would be completely you. And then, Lord, that as listeners, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would take your Holy Spirit and your word and, and work in our life as only you can. And God, we'll praise you for what you do. We'll give you all the glory. Lord, we just ask you that you'd help us tonight. Speak to us. Give us courage to make the decisions that you want us to make. And Lord, we'll praise you for what you do. Love you, God, and certainly look forward to seeing you. And I look forward to hugging you and just worshiping you. And so, Lord, I pray that tonight would be a night of seeing our relationship grow and seeing you work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come to the passage tonight before us, I want us to notice, first of all, what I see is the warning about the flesh. A warning or the warning about our flesh. If you were to go to the first nine verses of the chapter, we find Paul beginning to warn about a few things. Notice, if you will, in verse number one, Paul says this, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things unto you. To me, indeed, is uh, grievous, but for you, it is safe. Verse number two, then he says this, beware of dogs, beware of dogs, beware of uh, evil workers, and beware of the concision. Oh, what's he talking about here? Well, beware of dogs. In these days, we need to know that uh, he's not telling you, hey, Brian is afraid of dogs, like we learned this morning in our service, and so you need to be aware of dogs. Brian actually took that literally, and that's why he's afraid of dogs. Brian, you don't need to. This is not literal. Uh, you know what he's talking about when you look at beware of dogs <clears throat> during this day? Many Jewish believers called the Gentiles dogs. Okay, The Jews, the Pharisees, they called the Gentiles dogs. Well, Paul is actually reversing that against the Judaizers. He's writing to the church at Philippi, which would, which would be a church made up of Gentiles. And he's reversing that to say, hey, you need to be aware 
of the religious dogs that are out there, the Judaizers that are saying, hey, it's Jesus plus something. You need to be aware of the dogs. And he's calling these, uh, these Judaizers, he's calling them dogs. Why? Because they were, uh, they were snapping at the heels of Paul, if you will. They were trying to come after him and attack biblical Christianity. And so Paul writes, hey, they're troublemakers. They carry about a dangerous infection, and you need to be aware of dogs. The second group, he says, is you need to, I give you a warning, be aware against evil workers. Hey, be aware against evil workers. These were men that, not only the Judaizers, but these were those that taught that it was Jesus plus your good works that got you to heaven. Evil workers, these were people that uh, they said their works were good, and and Paul would write about them in Ephesians 2 and also Titus chapter number 3, that uh, no one is saved by their works. And Paul would write very much against this. And he's saying to this early church, hey, you need to be aware of the Judaizers, those that are against me, and you need to be aware of evil workers. The third, he says, you need to be aware of the concision. This phrase, concision, Paul would put a short term on the word circumcision. Literally translated, it means a mutilation. And again, there was a group of Jews that taught that, that, the, that a person needed to be saved and men needed to believe in Jesus and be circumcised in order to go to heaven. And again, they're just combining works. So in all three of these things, dogs, evil workers, and the concision, Paul is simply saying, hey, be aware of false teachers and be aware that they're out there. But I want you to notice what Paul spends the most time warning against. Because at the beginning of verse number, or at the middle of verse number three, He says, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. And notice what he says, and have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh. Paul would spend the next uh, few sentences giving a warning against the flesh. A warning against the flesh. If you see that in verse number three, we have no confidence in the flesh. Paul goes on here to describe that he could have a lot of confidence in the flesh. He's saying, hey, if, any, if anybody could boast about who they are, if anybody could boast about their accomplishments, if anybody could, find, could look at themselves and say, hey, I've picked myself up by my own bootstraps, Paul is like, I could do that. Look at the list. He says in verse number four, he says, I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he, whereof, uh, thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. Well, why? Well, because I was circumcised the eighth day according to the Jewish law. I'm of the stock of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Touching the law, I'm a Pharisee. I know the law. Uh, Concerning zeal, how zealous I was, I persecuted the church. I was completely against the church. He says, touching righteousness, which is in the law, I'm blameless. Hey, you can't look at my life and find a bunch of, of flaws, Paul would say, according to religion. But notice what he says in verse number seven. He says, but what things were gain to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. 
You know what Paul is simply doing through this point? He's warning about your flesh. He's saying, hey, you can lean into your flesh. You can find confidence in things in your life to boast about or to lean into. And you can say, I have this experience. And you can, you can say, my flesh. And what he's, what's he talking about, my flesh? He's talking about who you are. He's talking about that sin that's within you. Talking about leaning upon your own understanding. And Paul is simply getting at this, this truth that you and I, each and every day, we make a decision to lean on the flesh or to not. And Paul is saying, hey, if you're a child of God, we ought not to have any confidence in the flesh. That word confidence here, it, it means to find friendship in. That's what the word confidence means when you break it all the way down. It means to, to find friendship in. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying this, that your flesh is not your friend. Hey, your flesh is not your friend. Have no confidence in your flesh. You know, when you read the word of God, the, the Bible has nothing good to say about the flesh. The Bible has nothing good to say about the carnality within man. And yet every day, many of us depend entirely upon the flesh. And here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, your flesh is corrupt. I could boast. I could depend upon myself. I could depend upon my religion. I could depend upon my zeal. I could depend upon my righteousness. I mean, look at who I am. But everything that I would say is gain is actually loss. I count it but dung. It just belongs in the burn heap. It is worthless compared to what I have in Christ. And our flesh is something that we need to be warned about. Can I tell you as a believer, while there are many enemies that you and I face, and while there are many things that we should be aware of, we should be aware of false teachers. We should be aware of false doctrine. We should be aware of hypocritical believers, those, the, the dogs and the evil workers and the concision. We should be aware of those things. But your number one enemy and my number one enemy is our flesh. And Paul says, hey, put no confidence in your flesh. Your flesh is not your friend. As I was studying for this message, honestly, what came to my mind was the old Disney cartoon, Jungle Book. You know the scene, those of you maybe have seen it, the old Disney cartoon where the vultures are around Mowgli, and they're trying to convince him that they're his friend. And they actually sing a whole Disney song, We're Your Friends. And this whole song is written of these vultures trying to convince Mowgli how, how much they are his friend. But the truth is, if he died, they were going to eat him up right away. And they were hoping he would, right? They were hoping that that tiger would, would kill him and that they would have a feast that night. Well, it wouldn't be much of a feast, but that they'd have some meat that night. And this is what came to my mind. You know what? You know what our flesh says to us? Our flesh says to us, hey, I'm your friend. Hey, you can trust me. Hey, you can boast in me. But the truth is, at the end of the day, we should put no confidence, put no trust in our flesh. That's what Paul is writing. He's warning against the flesh. And you and I, we should have that mindset that everything that is good that is in me is really nothing compared to the goodness of God and compared to who he is. Paul gives a warning against the flesh. Hey, put no confidence in the flesh. I see a warning about our flesh, but I see secondly tonight a warning about our focus. 
Three warnings. The first, a warning about our flesh. The second, a warning about our focus. If you were to go to verse number 10 down through verse number 16, we find Paul saying this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So let's connect the that that you see in verse number 10. The phrase that means so that or in order that. So Paul says, hey, I'm not going to put confidence in the flesh and I'm going to uh, count all of those things as loss so that I can know him and the powers of his resurrection. What is Paul getting at? Hey, listen, if you put confidence in the flesh, you're not going to be focused upon him. If you put confidence in the flesh, the so that I may know him is not going to easily come in our life. And isn't that true? On the days that you and I lean into our flesh, those are the days we're less like Christ. So Paul is simply saying this, hey, I'm not going to put confidence in, the, confidence in the flesh. Why? Because I'm concerned about where I'm focusing. What's my focus on? My focus is on my relationship with him so that I can know him and the power of his resurrection. He says, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained Either were already perfect. But, notice this next phrase, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I have not arrived, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In these verses, we find Paul speaking about his goals and his focus. Paul was focused upon knowing the Lord and having a real fellowship with him. We reread that in those words, so that I may know him. My focus is set upon him. And Paul was saying this, he was saying, as a matter of fact, I must continually forget those things which are behind. And look in front of me. There is one goal I have. And that's to press forward to Christ. In these verses, we find Paul describing the focus. And I want you to see very quickly with me that if you and I are going to have a focus like Paul did in knowing God and having a relationship with him, there has to be a self-dissatisfaction. What is a self-dissatisfaction? Look with me at verse number 10. When Paul says, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable to his death, and then verse 11 and 12, he says, listen, I have not, I have not attained. Verse 13, I have not apprehended. You know what Paul is realizing? He's realizing my Christianity and where I'm at is not where I should be. A sanctifier, excuse me, a self-dissatisfaction is... Uh, essential to next level Christianity. Many Christians, we become satisfied with our Christianity because we compare ourselves with other believers. We say, well, I'm doing okay because I'm not as bad as them and I'm doing okay because I'm keeping up with them. And the truth is, Paul, he's saying this, hey, I have not apprehended. I'm comparing myself to Jesus Christ and where he is is not where I am. And so what am I doing? I'm putting the things behind and I'm focusing on Jesus Christ. I'm focusing ahead. 
We have to have a self-dissatisfaction. If we're going to keep a focus on the Lord, we can't get our eyes on us. But also there has to be a singular devotion. Man, a singular devotion. Paul had one thing that he was devoted to. This one thing I do. Forget which is behind and press forward to the mark for the prize of the high calling. Man, what's he saying? Paul is simply saying, listen, I'm not going to depend on my flesh because I have one focus in mind. I want to be like Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to have a relationship with him. Can I just help us understand tonight the next level Christianity? It sees the warning about our focus. And you and I, we too often, we can lose sight of the goal of the Christian life. We saw in our last message a couple weeks ago with Timothy and Epaphroditus that they were incredible men that just loved the Lord. Epaphroditus, nigh unto death, and yet he still spent his life for the Lord. Timothy, while others forsake Paul, Timothy stood strong and and moved forward with him and, and served God. And can I help us see tonight the truth that there's a lot of believers that lose direction in this life and we lose devotion. And there's a lot of believers that wake up on Monday and the purpose of their life is to make it through the week, to make another buck, to make the house payment, to pay off the car, to retire early, to secure the 401, uh, the, the 401k, to, to move forward. The goal is to have good kids and the goal is maybe to have a steady, a steady job and the goal, and, and we begin to have a convoluted thought process in, understand, in thinking what our goals really are. And how many of us tonight could, could think about other believers that we would say, you know what, they've got caught up in the wrong goals, but we too can often get caught up in the wrong goals. And can I tell you that tomorrow morning when you wake up to go to work, the goal of the day should be, I want to know God and I want to walk with him today. If God happens to help me make some money and pay off the house and pay off the car, and if God blesses and does this, then praise the Lord, that's a byproduct of the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life is not my comfort. The goal of the Christian life, it is not, uh, it, it is not uh, just gaining and getting more. No, the goal of the Christian life is knowing him, moving forward with him. And when we put confidence in the flesh, we lose sight of the goal. Thus, Paul would write, put no confidence in the flesh. Keep your focus on the goal. I wonder, how would it change your life this week if you woke up tomorrow and thought, the goal of today is to know him more? I wonder how could it change your relationship with some coworkers or some friends or some neighbors or some family workers that have maybe a strained relationship? How could it, how could it improve if we would wake up tomorrow and say, my goal is to know him and walk with him? We should live, we must live each day with a focus upon the Lord and upon his kingdom. We too often lose direction. We lose our determination. We lose our devotion. We can become blinded by so many things. And what Paul says here is, I want to warn you about your focus. Stay focused. He says towards the end of it, verse number 15, notice what he says. Let us therefore, as many be perfect or complete in Christ, be thus minded. 
Let this mind of, I just want to know him and stay focused on him, let it consume all of us. He says, if in anything ye be otherwise minded, if you get off focus, God shall reveal this unto you. Man, let the Lord speak to you and say, man, you're off focus. Things are off kilter. You need to zone back in. He says, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Hey, if growth has taken place in your life, keep going back to what grows you. Well, what grows you? Your relationship with the Lord. Man, if growth has happened, mind the same thing. Keep doing that over and over again. Keep growing the relationship. I see tonight a warning about our flesh. Hey, don't put confidence in our flesh. I see tonight a warning about our focus. Hey, instead of putting confidence in your flesh, put a focus on the Savior. I just want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I haven't arrived My eyes are on Jesus until the day I die. Let it be the dedication, the devotion of my heart each and every day. But then I see lastly tonight a warning about our fellowship. A warning about our fellowship. Notice verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Because many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For because our lifestyle, our conversation is in heaven, from, from whence we look for the Savior, even the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able able even to subdue all things unto himself. What is Paul saying in verse number 17? We find him saying, I want to give you a thought here. Be careful about who you're following. Be careful about who you're following. Hey, follow, be followers together of me. I'm not putting, and Paul wasn't saying, hey, look to me, not Jesus. Paul was saying, no, I want want the same goals that God's put on my heart to be your goals. Don't put confidence in the flesh. Keep a focus on him. And mark the people around you. It's what he says in verse 17. Mark them that are doing this so that you can have examples. What's he warning about? He's warning about our fellowship. He's, he's saying, hey, listen, there are many who walk after their flesh. Do you see the phrase in there? Whose God is their own belly? What's that? He's talking about self, self-gratification. Hey, they are their own God. They are serving, and it may be even a Christian, but they are serving their own purposes. Paul is saying, don't go after them because the end is destruction. Instead, Mark, mark those that are following the Savior. Mark those that are saying, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and make those the people that I walk after, walk after or follow after. Look to those people who are following after the Lord. In Philippians 3, 18 and 19, Paul describes professing Christians who mind earthly things. In verse number 20, he talks about the believer who minds heavenly things. When he says our conversation is in heaven, man, our lifestyle, our citizenship is in heaven. 
And if we're children of the king, he would say in another part of scripture, be an ambassador of Christ. Man, be a representative that's living in another kingdom. Be a representative of your home. We've got to be aware of who and what we follow. Be aware of our followship, if you will. I remember growing up that my dad, when he would preach, he would often caution people. And of course, uh, this is the 80s and the 90s, and uh, many of you can remember much more before that. But I remember growing up then and my dad warning about the newspaper. Hey, be careful what articles you read in the newspaper. Hey, the Greeley Tribune's coming out this week. Let's be careful what we're reading this week. And uh, He would say, be careful of what you listen to on the radio. Hey, be careful about that radio preacher. Be careful about uh, the TV shows that are coming out and, and the, the influence that you allow into your life. And what my dad said back then is even more true today because every one of us can allow things to influence us and the devil would love to influence and get our followership following something that's not godly. He would love us to get online and begin listening and watching some, uh, some YouTuber with some conspiracy theory or some preacher or some uh, news radio host and begin to sway our thinking. And the devil would love to do that. This is verses cautioning against that. Hey, instead, mark people, and notice what it says, among you. You know what that means? It means you should have influence from people you know. That's what, it, that's what it's talking about. Have influence from people you know. You know what? Sometimes we allow people to influence us that we don't even know. I remember growing up as a kid that, uh, I, of course, I liked basketball, and I had my room decked out in basketball. I had, I think at one point, I had 33 or 35 posters in my room, and, and uh, they'd be basketball players. You know, I had Michael Jordan in there. My favorite basketball player probably of all time was Larry Bird. I loved watching Larry Bird play. I loved watching. He had the ugliest shot in the world, but it always went in, always went in. Jordan had the most beautiful shot, you know, and outside of Jordan, Bird was my favorite player. If you want to argue about LeBron James and Larry Bird, me and Anita go around and around. I mean, Michael Jordan, me and Anita go around and around all the time. Michael Jordan's better, but that's neither here nor there. You know what? When I was growing up, my dad, we had those posters. And you know what my dad would warn me about? He would always come in and he'd warn me, hey, hey, you see these guys right here? You don't know them. You can like how they play ball, but you're not going to like how they live life. Hey, you can pay attention. And there's nothing wrong with liking sports. There's nothing wrong with, with, uh, with liking, liking entertainment and, and, uh, and movies, certain kinds of movies and different things like that, having a favorite actor or actress or sports player or something like that. Listen, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But I can appreciate how they play a sport and not allow them to influence my life. Why? Because I'm not among them. <laughs> now, you know what it says? Mark those among you. Man, mark those around you. Look at it. Look at what he says in verse 17. He says, mark them which walk so as ye have for us an example. And the among you is not there. It's a different passage. But anyway, uh, I just went off on that and it's a different verse. But the truth is, the truth is, and it's, uh, it's in the scripture. I can't think of the reference right now. But we need, to, we need to make sure that we're marking people that are by us. And I, I believe that's a biblical thought that you and I need to understand. The devil would love to use people we don't know 
to influence us. And we need to recognize that God desires to use those within our life. Now, does that mean that there can't be a good preacher or something or somebody that maybe we don't know that gives influence? No, all of us have that. Probably half the people here don't know John Getch, who was here last week, and yet he influenced us towards the Lord. But here's what Paul is saying. Hey, be aware. Be aware of who you give influence in your life to. I love it this, this way. Pay attention to who you are following and to who you are allowing to influence your life. You know what? <clears throat> when Paul says to follow me, be followers together of me, Paul isn't saying, well, you just need to make sure that, you're, uh, that I'm your God. That's not what he's saying. Paul was saying, hey, find people who have the right priorities, who you can look to and say, they remind me of Christ. Find those people and follow them. People who have a spirit of Christ, people who speak like Jesus, people who encourage as Christ would encourage, people who hate sin like Christ hates sins. Man, mark them and follow them. I find Paul tonight just giving that simple thought, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you give influence in your life. We would tell that to our kids. Those of us with kids and grandkids, what are we gonna tell them? Hey, be careful of your friends. Be careful who you spend time around. Why? Because we know the impact. Sometimes as adults, we need to step back and listen to our parents again. Hey, be careful who you allow to influence you. This is what Paul is writing about. He warns three warnings. A warning against the flesh. Hey, don't, don't place confidence in your flesh. You, you could boast about who you are. You could lean into those things, but don't. Count all of those things, but don't. Just, just put them out to the garbage. Why would I do that? So that you can focus on your relationship with Christ. Because if you're focused on your relationship with Christ, you're gonna grow closer to him and you're gonna be able to find people that you can look to and say, they're following Jesus. I wanna follow Jesus with them. I see three warnings tonight. And tonight I would say, and really just ask us the question, will we heed the warnings? Will I heed the warnings this week? The warning against the flesh, I wonder tonight, maybe you've been living with confidence in your flesh and tonight you would say, man, I've been living with the flesh as my friend, putting too much dependence upon it. Paul warns about our focus and maybe you've been living for this life rather than living for the next. And then Paul warns about our fellowship, who we are allowing to influence our life. The truth is tonight that we need to take heed to some warnings. Don't let this be the warning signs that we just ignore. Don't just eat the rock cookie dough. Man, we could ignore that sign. I'm still going to ignore that one. I'm going to ignore it and eat rock cookie dough. Uh, don't press the popcorn button. And everybody presses the popcorn button. You know, unless you're one of those guys that's like, nope, two minutes and 22 seconds. I had a friend like that in college. He was like, dude, what'd you put it in for? I was like, 2.30. He was like, no, 2.22. I'm like, it's a low microwave. Who cares? I'm gonna ignore that one. I'm not going to ignore the iron on the clothes. I've learned from that. Just, it doesn't work. Don't do that one. But I hope tonight that we would say, you know what? We're not, not gonna ignore these warnings. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.